Hello and welcome to another episode of the Resident BJUI podcast. I'm Julia Lane. And I'm Maria Uloko. Our special guest today is Dr. Mike Borowski. He's a fellowship-trained endourologist specializing in BPH treatment. We are reviewing the BJUI article called Three-Year Follow-Up of Temporary Implantable Nitinol Device Implantation, or TIND, for the Treatment of Benign Prostatic Obstruction by Francesco Porpoia from San Luigi Hospital and the University of Turin in Italy. Before we begin, here's a brief overview of TEND. It's a nitinol shredded device designed as a minimally invasive treatment for men with obstructive LUTs. It is placed under sedation with a rigid cystoscope and left in place for five days, then retrieved cystoscopically. Uh, the deployed tines generate radial forces, which causes ischemic necrosis of the prostate, the theory being that this will remodel the shape of the bladder neck and prostate, thus relieving outlet obstruction. Now, looking at the methodology and validity of the study, it is important to note that this is a cohort study. It's a non-randomized, non-control study reporting the Euroflow IPSS and epic sexual dysfunction um, outcomes of about 32 men otherwise healthy in their late 60s. The average prostate size is about 30 grams, um, and all these patients underwent a TIND procedure. We commend the authors for publishing long-term data in this space, as this is sometimes lacking. So let's take a look at the results. At baseline, the average QMOX was 7.5. The medium IPSS was 19, and the quality of life score was 3. All patients were on an alpha blocker, and about 45% were on a 5-alpha reductase inhibitor prior to the study. The authors initially published 12-month data, which was found to have maximum efficacy at 6 weeks after treatment when patients had a 72% increase in their QMOX from about 7.5 to 13. This study, which follows patient out to 36 months, showed the increase in QMAX from baseline was 41%, about 10 mLs per second. The IPSS improvement peaked at about 55% at three months, but tapered off to about 20%, going from 19 to 12. There wasn't a significant change in overall quality of life since patients started at a fairly low uh, baseline. There was no evidence of ejaculatory dysfunction in patients that were sexually active. I think it's notable to mention that about 90% of patients were able to stop and stay off of all medical therapy, which is oftentimes an important outcome to some patients. The complications of the procedure were rare and included incontinence, retention, and urinary tract infection. Dr. Borofsky, what is the current landscape of minimally invasive therapy for BPH, and how does this research apply to clinical practice? I think this is a good time for research like this. There's a clear need for minimally invasive surgical treatments in BPH, as we know that many men will discontinue medical therapy, yet proportionally few seek out more formal surgery. Uh, TIND is an interesting concept, and it'll be interesting to see you know, what bigger studies are and how this stacks up against some of the other newer uh, missed or minimally invasive surgical treatments that have become available. Thank you for your input. Um, so overall, the study provides clinicians a longer-term follow-up on innovative technologies for BPH. They evaluate a patient for 36 months with no dropout in patients. They provide objective and patient-reported outcomes. The procedure is described as taking less than a total of seven minutes under sedation and com- complications were low. So no study is without its limitations. And for this study, its small sample size and the lack of control arm are the most important. The results, therefore, need to be interpreted with caution. The authors also note that the improvement in QMAX and IPSS score was decreasing from the peak efficacy over time to 36 months. However, it is really encouraging that despite this, they report these findings, and um, as it's important to have this kind of transparency. 
The authors also note that longer-term follow-up data, including retreatment rates, are being collected. We look forward to seeing the clinical applications of this new option for treatment of BPH. However, it would be helpful to see a randomized sham-controlled study, maybe including patients with comorbidities that reflect the patients most likely to pursue minimally invasive options such as this. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Resident BJUI Podcast.